Welcome to the Elevate the Edge podcast. I'm Maribel Lopez of Lopez Research, and I'm joined with my co-host, Joe Peterson of Clarify 360. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, welcome. Elevate the Edge is published bi-weekly. The podcast focuses on helping companies understand what edge computing is, how the market will evolve, and what you need to know to build successful edge computing strategies. Show notes and subscription links can be found at elevatetheedge.com slash episodes. We hope you'll enjoy the show. Hello and welcome back to the Elevate the Edge podcast. I'm Maribel Lopez. Hello, everyone. And I am joined here today with my co-host, Joe Peterson. Hey, Joe. Hey. And we're really excited because today we have a different guest, a different style of guest. We have Michael Sherwood. He is the Chief Innovation and Technology Officer for the City of Las Vegas in Nevada. And I know many of us have been there. And I know Joe and I have spent a lot of time there for business. Michael, welcome to the program. Thank you so much. And we hope you come back and keep coming back. We love you. I love everybody to come to Las Vegas. Well, you know, we know that um, many tech events will happen there. So I'm sure I will be seeing you in lo- live and in person. I'm looking forward to that. Um, Michael, I know the city of Las Vegas has deployed several interesting I think we at one point would have called them IoT use cases. They're now maybe being called edge use cases in areas such as traffic management, uh, public safety, and park occupancy. Can you share with the audience, what are you doing in the edge today? And uh, how long did you you get started? And what has the journey been like for you? Sure. So it's, it's... It's been a great journey. We learned so much through all the work that we've been doing over these past, it it seems like only like a year or two, but it's actually four, almost five years now of work um, in IoT and in edge compute. Um, We've started out with our use case in autonomous vehicles. We were the one of the, a fun fact about Las Vegas, I got to come up with some other ones later, but a fun fact is we were one of the first cities to have an autonomous vehicle um, drive in mixed flow traffic, meaning it was among people and motorized vehicles. Um, and that was super exciting. That was in 2016, um, successfully carried 40,000 people up and down Fremont street. Another little fact on that pilot there was that we were also the first state and first city to have an autonomous vehicle accident that happened in the first day it launched. Um, and so, you know, lots of firsts here in Las Vegas, always, you know, I, I would say the things that we've learned though, to kind of get to the, the crux of the question, um, is that really, it's not just a story about the technology. It's a story about integration. Um, and it's a story about data and having all this information. And then how do you get it to the right areas within your organization so that the right decisions can be made? So through our traffic programs, where we still have about 80 autonomous vehicles driving up and down Las Vegas Boulevard that actually get light timing information. Um, so that's when the light goes from red to green. We actually send that information to those vehicles so they have that locally. From our Smart Parks Initiative, which is helping provide safety as well as information about how parks are used. Um, all of this is leading to the edge becoming extremely important. Um to reduce latency, to have edge computing resources available, especially as we start getting into machine learning and other things, um, the edge is becoming extremely valuable um, as far as from a compute perspective 
and a technology's perspective, um, especially as we get ready to launch some drones downtown that will be flying and needing some real-time, near real-time information, um, the edge, you know, becomes quite beneficial. So we're going to start off with some a couple of different pilots we're looking at doing. Pilot one is some food delivery downtown. Um, and so we'll see how that works. Um, we're also getting ready. Um, Dish Networks is going to launch their cellular network across the U.S. They're starting here in Las Vegas. Um, and so we're going to deliver some phones to people um, as we, we power up the network. So a couple of ideas there. On the business side, we're looking at using them for um, providing possibly um, an AED, which is an automated defibrillator. So if you need assistance at a park before the paramedics or anybody else could get there, we'd be able to provide an AED um, to the individual um, or to people around that individual so they could render aid. So there's a lot of different types of use cases, but those are just a few of the drone ones that we're looking at doing. And again, edge technology, edge compute, um, those technologies, along with cloud-based technologies, really make these complete solutions. Wow, that is so interesting about the AED device, Michael, um, and the fact that you can really save people's lives, make a difference just based upon that timing. Some of the other, you know, business outcomes that you're seeing must be significant as well, such as, you know, savings for the city, maybe fewer accidents by using the autonomous vehicles that gather that light timing info. What are some of the other things that have popped up on the radar as positive outcomes? Sure. Our, our Smart Parks Initiative, which we mentioned a little bit earlier, um, where we're using optical sensors in our parks, that allows um, our public safety personnel and parks maintenance and management personnel to monitor these assets remotely. Um, that really cuts down the need to drive. So we're cutting emissions. Um, so if you want to look at the green effect, we're, we're helping keep the environment um, a little cleaner um, by reducing extra traffic on the roads. That's also helping our um, residents, less cars on the road, easier to get back and forth um, between locations. Um, also providing a level of safety um, that our officers can remotely um, monitor and manage um, those assets. We also did something in the very beginning of our smart cities journey and effort was around wrong way driving. Um, there's uh, several one-way streets downtown. And look, Las Vegas is a place where People from all over the U.S. drive into. They're not familiar with our roads. And so the hard part was was really understanding, well, how many people drive the wrong way? The only time we really found out it was an issue if there was an accident. So, you know, were there things we could do or data we could collect? So over the course of, of six months, we, we had a smart system put in where we actually looked at how many cars were going the wrong way. And instead of just doing a signalized intersection right away, which is the most expensive option, we tried different options based on the data. And we so one of the ideas is we put another sign up that said one way street, pointing the arrow to the way they should go. And we did see small reduction of cars going the wrong way. Then we tried additional um, maybe painting the we painted the uh, the markings on the street. Um, we did lots of little steps. At the end of the day, we finally ended up going with the signalized intersection which reduced on that segment of road, reduced the number of wrong way drivers by over 50%. Um, and so those are, but it was all built on data based on facts. It wasn't based on like a lot of things are decided on. Somebody says, well, you know, one accident, we better put a light there with no additional data. 
Um, and so for that, it helps civic leaders make the right decisions because they have all a variety of information behind them. So a lot of these smart city technologies or IoT-based technologies, it's really not about um, making everything technology-based. It's getting the information and the data to the people that make decisions, whether it be safety personnel or traffic engineering. Having that data is really important to making the right decision that could actually save a lot of money. Before you make a big investment, you can make some smaller investments that may have an impact and you can see what those impacts are. That's really cool. Thank you for sharing that. Mike, I love that you picked up on a key challenge that a lot of organizations have, and that's making sure that you are not jumping to a conclusion and assuming that certain things would be the right solution to the problem. It does make sense to investigate some of these things more, and sometimes the simpler solution does in fact win. But now that you've deployed several use cases, what lessons have you learned? That is such a great question because there are many. Probably do a show on lessons learned in Las Vegas. Um, look, in many ways, yes, we could cover many topics in that area. Um, but we're here to focus on technology, Mirabel. <laughs> we're, not, we're not going into the other areas of Las Vegas. Um, no, I, I mean, look, the, the number one lesson is get out there and try. I, I wish more businesses and take a little risk, but let it be calculated. Find a great partner to work with. We work with a lot of great partners um, in our journey. A lot of times I just want to, you know, find, don't go look for a um, solution before you know what the challenge or the problem is. You know, find the problem and then look at how you can use technology to solve that um, and be inclusive, um, you know, and diverse in, in your teams, bringing all ideas forward. Um, sometimes technology is not the answer. Of course, for me, you know, I like to think it is nine out of 10 times that technology is helpful. Um, but outside of getting out there and doing a pilot, outside bringing in a diverse team, really work on establishing great partnerships, industry partners, um, meet with them, talk to them, you know, work in a team mode. It's We hear so much public-private partnerships, really embrace those. They, they do work. And if you're in the private sector, reach out to the public sector as well. Um, share ideas, um, bring people together. The other issue, we'll get a little technical now, you know, when you start interweaving so many different technologies together, you run into challenges. So we've had some interoperability challenges. Yeah, one of the things that most people don't think of is that it's interesting, and we found this out, is that you know you would think an air quality sensor would provide a date and time stamp and the 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 air it, the temperature, just simple temperature. You would think that all the companies you buy four or five sensors, they would all provide data in the same format. Well, you know what? I was wrong. Some of them are twenty four hour clock setup. Some of them are just regular with a leading zero. Some have no zero. And when you're trying to mesh all this data from all these different disparate systems into some kind of data warehouse or cloud storage, and then you assign it to some report writer or some data scientist, you have to clean all that up again. So we've learned a lot about just the disparities of, of different data, um, different vendors, different thought processes, um, security. I, I, I would be remiss without talking about security. Um it's a big deal. Um, we're adding sensors all the time. And so, you know, in the, I don't want to date myself too much, but not too long ago, 
most IT networks were closed. You didn't have a lot of outside connectivity. Um, and now with, of course, the internet, um, but now you're putting out tons of sensors where in just a few years ago, it was a PC. You put your antivirus software on there and, and you had a firewall and you were pretty well protected. Now you have to think about all these other remote devices and how they interact. So again, think of security, not at the end of the project. Think about it in the beginning of the project. Um, much more beneficial in the long run. Uh, the only other thing I, I would really, you know, point out, and there's so many more I could go on. You guys probably yank me off the off the cast podcast here. Um, is 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 collaborate with your internal stakeholders. Um, even myself, I love technology. I like to just come up with the idea and go install it, and then say, "See, look, Parks, look what I did for you." And then they look at it and say, "Well, you know, it's kind of neat, but you know, we don't do business that way." Well, that's the way I thought you did it. And it doesn't work that way. So bring your stakeholders together, start conversations um, as you build these out. But again, I'll, I'll wrap it up by saying, get out there and start something, um, you know, get into the community, get into your organization and and sit down and, and come up with ideas and, and pilot, 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 pilot. Don't go out and just buy this big solution or whatever solution, pilot it first. Well, gosh, as an engineer, I really appreciate what you said, Michael, about baking security in all the way through the process. And, you know, ITOT security is a super hot topic right now, as you're well aware. Um, I wanted to go back to something that you said earlier. You were chatting about the dish rollout that's going to be happening. And that's obviously part of the futures of your edge strategy. What else do you see coming in the next 12 months? So, Joe, I'm going to just biggest thing is connectivity, 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 connectivity. Um, you know, many people think Las Vegas, um, being a relatively newer city, has dense fiber and all this type of infrastructure just here. Um, unfortunately, we do not. So in order for us to be able to rapidly deploy these solutions of the future, we need the connectivity. So for us, it's really working with our partners locally, which um, would be our, our private cell carriers in the area, as well as our in-ground um, fiber resources. And, and we're doing a, a hybrid network. Some of the network is ours. Some of it's going to be uh, leased. But in a lot of ways, that is a huge benefit to us. We don't have to put in a lot of capital and we can immediately deploy solutions which are going to help the community. Um, other technologies we're looking into, CBRS. So for the viewers... Uh, citizens broadband radio service. Think of it as it, you might have heard the term private 5G. Um, I love this 5G. Everything's 5G now, but um, it is a it is a open spectrum. So it's like Wi-Fi. It uses a open spectrum um, that allows you to transmit um, this CBRS signal. Very similar to why I know the engineers are going to email you and probably pester me on LinkedIn. I'm just doing a high-level analysis here. They are not, Wi-Fi and CBRS are not the same, but for some people to understand it, think of it as Wi-Fi with a longer connectivity range. Um, and so it is It is an ability for us to connect sensors and data. Um, and so we're rolling out a CBRS network. Um, and again, that's on that connectivity platform. And part of that network also entails is what we're doing is we're connecting. So during the pandemic, we, we realized here that government, you know, can't always depend on private business 100% and, and vice versa. And so we had a large population in the downtown area that had no internet connectivity, um, whether it be because of social economic means were lacking, 
or just the area of the neighborhood was was older um, and just not there. And so one of our key things of technology, and I think one of the benefits, and I think a lot of us forget about this at times, is that diversity and inclusion. We want more people into the technology workforce. I want to see more of everybody. Um, I want to see more ethnicity. I want to see more diversity across, because that's where the best solutions and best technologies and the best teams come from, that well-diverse, well-rounded um, group of individuals. So, you know, we use that CBRS network to provide connectivity. So if you were a child, you got a modem from us, you connected on our wireless network, and we connected you to school so that you could continue to educate and and continue to be a, hopefully, at some point, a great productive member of our society because you have the right tools and um, you got the right education. Other things I see, um, look, edge compute is going to be huge. We all know what the cloud is. I call it fog computing because to me it's not in the cloud. It's kind of on the fringe, so fog. Others call it edge. Um, But look, a lot of things we've learned through our smart cities journey is that you can do a lot of great things with the cloud, but there is latency. There is a delay time. If you're talking about autonomous vehicles and drones we talked about earlier flying, that they need um, near, and because to me, nothing is real time. So I go with near real time. They need near real time communications. And you're not going to be able to do that necessarily with the cloud. So you're going to have that cloud and edge platform. Um, we've been working with a couple companies that have pioneered some stuff out here in Las Vegas. So we're going to be launching one of our first edge networks. And what we're looking at doing is taking our video feeds and instead of sending them all the way to the cloud, we'll send them to the edge. We'll analyze the video there and then only send the metadata back to the cloud, which is the data we use for report writing. And then we can dump all the video and we don't have to send that over, over our large pipes. Um, and so, Outside of that, the other options, you know, the, the the strategies and the things we're working on, digital twin is something that we're really looking at exploring. Um, the digital twin is taking all the data from our current operation, copying it, and then doing things um, to see what the impacts would be. So if we have a big concert and we think 20,000 cars are going to drive downtown, we can go ahead and model our city and then add 20,000 cars to the digital twin and see how our traffic system how our barricade plan works um, just by doing, you know, traditional modeling. Um, So the digital twin is big. And, you know, I'd be remiss if I wouldn't say that we're getting into the crypto space. We're looking at launching a digital coin um, for Las Vegas. We're still a little ways out, but we're using it as a business um, generator to to help uh, people like both of you. When you come to Las Vegas, you download our app and you will get an opportunity to kind of earn coin like a scavenger hunt. You go to certain locations you will be able to earn coin um, and then you'll be able to exchange that for maybe, you know, half off of a meal or a discount on a beer or whatever it might be um, at certain retailers. So, you know, we're looking at using technology in creative ways um, to really help generate new economic outcomes for our community, um, provide inclusion and in, in changing our workforce. Um Another little tidbit about Las Vegas is, you know, being a service city, we're ripe for disruption. The world of robotics and um, advanced, you know, machine learning, um, you don't need to go to a front desk and get a room key anymore. A lot of the hotels here in Las Vegas, you get your room key when you land at the airport, you get it on your phone and you walk right to your room. 
So what are we going to do with all the great talent we have here? How do we keep that talent here? We got to find new jobs and new avenues. So um, we're launching a maker center. So we're going to have a 3D printing um, and experience for free for anybody in the community. Come on in, learn how to, to prototype your own um, type of device um, or prototype whatever you want. Um, but I'll wrap it up here again. We're, we're here for edge strategy and, and IoT. Um, you know, I think at the end of the day, the biggest things outside of connectivity are going to be the continual advancement of data and how we take all the data from all the sensors we're deploying and how we utilize that to make better outcomes for the community. Um, it's not always about the infrastructure and the technology, why I love the switches and the sensors. At the end of the day, the biggest hurdle and the, the toughest challenge for us will be synthesizing the data and making it easy for those leaders to use it. Man, that was an awesome answer. Thank you so much. Uh, and so much insight. Like I was taking notes, exciting stuff. I want crypto coin for money off a of beer and to play a little. Maribel and I can go run around trying to find gifts throughout the city. So I love that. Michael, you gave us a lot of interesting advice already in the discussion around lessons learned in the edge. But I was wondering if there's anything else that you'd like to share with the audience. Sure. I'm Again, you know, I'm not one that's short for words, so um, I'll try to be brief here. Um, but, you know, another thing I did not really mention in too much detail was, was collaboration. Um, you know, I did not do a good job on that when we first started our smart city journey. There's a lot of great municipalities around the city of Las Vegas. Um, but involving peers in your in your industry, in your group, um, again, you know, sharing those ideas, uh, being able to learn from some of their challenges, um, and what they're doing, extremely important. Um, and I would encourage more. We have a website called innovate.vegas where we're going to start putting up our systems and the things we've done and some of the lessons learned. So I think a lot more communication of who's doing what um, would be very helpful um, to the community. Um, and again, I just want to stress um, advice is, is be inclusive, be diverse in your teams and your ideas. You know, we've really, and what I mean by that is, is involving part of the community, if you can, if it's a community project, um, involving other stakeholders outside of the IT department. Sometimes we are so laser focused in the IT world that we know the right thing to do, the right solution. We just got to go do it on our own. Um, and we do. Um, and I can tell you that that is not always the best methodology. And then find partners you can work with. I, I have been amazed to work with um, great partners. Um, and I mean, on the private sector um, and have had amazing relationships with the partners we've worked with. And it, it makes all the difference when you're trying to build a successful product or a successful concept um, is having great partners. Fabulous. Thank you. And now we've entered that point in our program where we like to ask the guests for a fun fact. And since you're in Vegas, I think there's so many interesting fun facts we could go through. But what would you like to share with the audience? Well, you do know what happens here, Marvel stays here. So we got to be sometimes careful. Yes, be, sometimes no. <laughs> sometimes yes, sometimes no. Your money generally, you know, stays here. Um, but, you know, this is a interesting. So a lot of people don't know that um, we're pretty much the wedding capital of the United States. Um, over 300 weddings per day, um, which is amazing. And another little tidbit is that prior to the pandemic, um, we have 
over 40,000 conventions of one way, shape, or form. It's a, it's a large, way more than you would ever think of as far as conventions go. Um, I don't know um, if I have the number for this, what it is right now. Um, you know, but it's it's definitely a town that has like a lot 100 of hundred conventions a day. That's like a hundred. Yes, that was prior to the pandemic. On. Wow. Okay, that's amazing. Well, hopefully you get back to that, and I'm sure I will be seeing you there as will Joe. Michael, thank you so much for your time and attention, and this has been Elevate the Edge. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this show, please subscribe so you can easily find us again. Follow us on Twitter at Maribel Lopez and at Digital Cloud Gal and on LinkedIn. Links to our social profiles, show notes, and ways to listen to the podcast can be found at elevatetheedge.com. <laughs>